I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 41, in which we talk with Kim Templin. I want to start out by saying thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate that very much. It's As I always say, it's a lot more fun talking if I know somebody's actually listening. Not quite unlike raising teenagers, but that's a whole different matter. In any case, I also want to say thanks for posting reviews on iTunes and for sending comments, and I will be um, addressing listener comments later in the episode. Uh, I did uh, also want to say, I guess I'm kind of getting used to offering technological tips of the episode. Um, Another hint that would really help us podcasters out, you can also like stuff on Facebook or Twitter. Um, For example, in the newsletter I send out, if you get that newsletter, you can click, uh, there's some symbols along there um, in the newsletter that you can click in order to either retweet the newsletter or post it to your Facebook status feed, or um, I think there's some other social networking sites that are available there as well. And you can also do the same thing with the podcast episode. And I think a lot of us podcasters have our episodes set up roughly the same way. Um, For those of us who are in Podbean, uh, you can go to the show notes for an episode. You can scroll down and you will see a link. um, In mine, it's labeled Share This. I would think it's probably the same for anybody that's in Podbean. Look for words like share or... um, email or like or Twitter, whatever. And that way you can also uh, tweet or post that episode to your Facebook status or whatever. Um, And it helps spread the wealth. All of us podcasters would really appreciate that. So that's your tip of the episode. Um, Just a couple of quick updates. Yes, my food poisoning is gone. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's why I did not post an episode last week uh, when I traveled out of town to uh, New York City for a conference for work. Uh, the week, I guess it was a week ago, Monday, I got food poisoning. The first night I was there pretty much laid me flat out uh, for the whole next day. Um, Got around a little bit the second day, but was still not doing too well. And then I came home that night. um, Pretty much, it was almost a full week before I was really back to normal. Eating-wise, I was eating a little bit uh, before that, but, you know, then going through something like that just completely wipes you out. So it really took me a few days to get my energy back and everything, but I am back in the swing of things now. Um, and also, uh, you know, yes, uh, somebody had posted a comment that I've had a rough couple of weeks. I um, posted a photo to my blog, uh, quiltingfortherestofus.blogspot.com, in which I managed to lop off part of my fingernail. <laughs> I was cutting potatoes, and I believe I had a few choice words to share about Cutco knives, but I won't go into that now. My finger is healing. Um, It's obviously going to take a while for that fingernail to grow back, but it doesn't hurt nearly as much as I thought it was going to. Um, My main concern that evening was the fact that I was going to be working on my mother-in-law's quilt, which has a lot of white fabric involved, and all I could picture was myself bleeding all over this white fabric. Fortunately, did not happen. It didn't bleed as badly as finger cuts tend to. I mean, I guess the the upside of Cutco knives, they are so freaking sharp that I was able to just slice off very neatly a part of fingernail without getting a whole lot of skin underneath it. So it didn't bleed as badly as I thought it would, and it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. It's just not particularly attractive to look at. Um, 
So that's kind of my health update. Pretty much back to normal now, and hopefully we'll stay that way for a while. Now, this week's episode, um, we are going to get into the content, and then I will do uh, the rest of my Sandy update and some news to share and some uh, listener comments at the end. But first, I do want to be able to get into the content of this episode, because I had a lot of fun putting this one together. Uh, A little bit of background. Last spring, if you recall, I went on a shop hop, and that generated an episode I did on um, fabric shopping. And in that shop hop, I visited, I don't even remember now how many quilt shops altogether. It was some enormous number. Um, But the very first shop that I visited, because it was the one closest to me, they were doing demos of various tools, and there was a demo of something called the Double Diamond Ruler going on. And I managed to watch part of the the, um, demonstration, and it just looked really freaking cool. This looked like something that I would have so much fun playing with. Unfortunately, at the time I was watching the demo, I had, um, oh, shall we say, a boatload of bolts of fabric in my arms, and I really felt like, okay, I've I've got to pace myself. This is the first shop. So I didn't pick up the ruler at that time, but boy, you know, I kept thinking about it uh, for months afterwards because it just looked like fun. Well, imagine my thrill and my surprise when I got an email from one of my listeners who then, as conversation ensued, introduced herself as the inventor of the double diamond ruler. I was really tickled um, and immediately asked her if I could do an interview with her because I just thought this whole process of coming up with an idea and um, bringing it to reality was just really interesting. And she agreed. And then um, she sent me a wonderful package and Part of that package was she sent me the ruler itself, or actually it's two rulers because it's the same ruler but in two different sizes in each package. And she sent me that to play with and um, some patterns and suggested that I play with it with my BFF BQF Kate, which I did. And that was the play date that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, that I had had that I wasn't able to say more at the time because what we had done, I called my friend Kate and I said, look, I've got this ruler. We've got to test it out. You got to come over. You know, can you do this? And so she did. And um, we worked on a project together so I could try out the ruler. And it was a lot of fun to work with. And so you're going to hear more about that in the interview. I won't go into much more detail now. So we're going to get right to the interview. And then, as I said, I'll do a little Sandy update and listener comments at the end. Meanwhile, I'm going to introduce you to Kim. Okay, it is a nasty weather day outside today for both of us. And I am pleased that that means that Kim and I are both available. (laughs) And so I'm here now talking to Kim Templin. And would you like to say a little bit about who you are and why I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, sure, Sandy, and it's sure nice to have got to know you on email, and it's a pleasure to be part of the Quilting for the Rest of Us podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I am the inventor of the Double Diamond Ruler, and double diamonds are rather hard to describe. I hope maybe that you'll post a picture of, on the blog of the double diamonds. Okay. But they're dimension- Yes, but they're dimensional fabric diamonds that interlock um, and they're quite stunning and you can put them on quilt borders and blocks and table runners and pillows and purse straps and all kinds of things. I was on a shop hop last spring up here in western New York and um, someone was demonstrating the double diamond ruler and it really did look pretty cool. So how did you even conceive of that idea? Well, that's kind of a roller coaster ride that we've been on. It started about two years ago. 
And I was working on this French braid quilt top uh, from a book by Jane Hardy Miller. It's a wonderful quilt design. And there are accent squares that are set on point that come down the center of the braid. And they made me think of diamonds. And after I had made the top, I decided that I really wanted to incorporate diamonds in the border somehow, either like a quilting motif or applique or couching or something, but I just couldn't come up with an idea. Well, I'm a bit of an insomniac, so one night I was lying in bed and I was thinking about this design dilemma, and I remembered this vest that I had made several years ago using cherry wood fabrics. And this vest pattern had these diamond-shaped dimensional embellishments, and they were gorgeous. Um, you had to draw the design onto fusible interfacing and then iron the interfacing on a fabric and then clip the drawn lines with scissors. It was a uh, rather cumbersome process, but the results were great. So I decided to get up and draft the diamonds like that, the size that I wanted for the border. And uh, you know that I'm a former high school math teacher, so I'm not really afraid of uh, geometry. Uh, not <laughs> the way I am. Yes, right. <laughs> Matter of fact, I have a degree in mathematics from Edinburgh here in northwest Pennsylvania. And do you know there's a couple of uh, quilting icons that are alumni? Do you know who they are? No. Mark Lipinski and Eleanor Burns. <laughs> really? Well, so I'm in good company, aren't I? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So I drafted the diamonds, and I put the diamonds on the border, and the results were gorgeous. And I won a couple of ribbons and People Choice Awards at local quilt shows. But I kept noticing that all the quilters wanted to touch those diamonds. And I decided I would like to put them on many other things. But I said to myself, boy, I wish someone would, someone would invent a template or ruler to make this easier. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> um so I, I remember approaching my husband, and he's a really smart entrepreneur. He has his own Internet retail business, and I described the idea to him, and he asked, do you think quilters would buy this product? And really, I had no idea, uh, but we jumped in with both feet. Hmm. you got to remember, this is during the worst recession <laughs> In our recent history, and all five of our kids happened to be in college. Oh, dear. Ouch, yes. Yes, that hurts. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we uh, were all willing to jump in with both feet, but we really didn't know where to jump. Uh, But we started out finding a plastics engineering firm, and they converted my designs into CAD files, and they explained different options for manufacturing the product and and, uh, what materials we could use and whatnot. And so... We uh, finally had a couple of prototypes made. There's two different sizes of rulers that um, I had designed, and they worked great. We loved them. They were just what we wanted, and we tested them out, and I gave them to a few quilting friends, and they did work just fine unless you happened to drop them on the floor. (laughs) Then they split right in half. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, That wasn't good, especially since we had just paid for several thousand of these acrylic rulers, and Mm. they had to go right in the recycling bin. Mm. Uh, Talk about your roller coaster ride. So, uh, you know, we had to do some some more research, and finally we came up with using the polycarbonate, which is virtually unbreakable uh, plastic. And um, I, I remember the first thing I did when I received that 
prototype was I whipped it on the floor, floor as hard <laughs> as I could, and it passed inspection. And uh, now we use plastic injection molding to make these because we have a higher volume. As a matter of fact, um, we've all, we've sold over 25,000 rulers now in the last wow. year. Wow. Yes. When you described the process of um, finding the company that was going to manufacture these, et cetera, what kind of research did you have to do to see whether anybody else had ever done anything like this first? Well, that was uh, a lot of research that had to be done. My husband has, um, took care of that, and we had to find out about patents and trademarks. And like what you had said, had anything been done like this before? So um, the research was very important, and it was something that, uh, we didn't even know how to approach at first, so mm. it was just putting one foot in front of the other and seeing what needed to be done. Learning as you go, and definitely. Now, I'm sure, um, you know, we like to think that nobody in the quilting world would ever be guilty of theft, but once you come up with an idea like something, about something like this, is it really important to do, you know, trademarks kind of right off the bat? Well, yes, and that's something we didn't know about. Of course, trademarking is, uh, has to do with the name of our mm-hmm. product and the logos and those kind of things. And the patent process, which can be a long, drawn-out and expensive process, you know, we went through, and that I'm glad I didn't become a lawyer. But <laughs> that is tough work. Mm. Uh, but, but, yes, we had to do that right away to protect ourselves from theft. That's right. Right. Now... You have also let's briefly describe what this double diamond looked like. I'm I'm thinking through our conversation, realizing we never fully described what it is. And as you described it, it is a dimensional diamond essentially, but it's got kind of three parts to it. Do you want to try to describe a little bit? Yes. What you do is you have to have three different fabrics, and say they're all the same size and they're rectangular. You take two of those fabrics and you fuse them together, wrong sides together. Then you would take this fused piece and fold it lengthwise. Then you would lay my double diamond ruler on top of it, and this ruler has a series of slots cut into it. Well, that's why it broke, by the way, because that's an inherent <laughs> weakness. Right. <laughs> but, but I digress because I'm still, <laughs> still rocked from that. Anyway, the rotary cutter has these slots, or I mean the ruler has the slots, and you simply rotary cut through them. And then when you unfold the fabric... Well, it looks like you've ruined the fabric, actually, because you have all these V-shaped flaps hanging around. But you just pull them back one after another, and just like magic, you have these diamond shapes that interlock, um, and the flaps uh, fold and tuck underneath the ones above and below it, and and that's how you make them. Okay, and and then the third fabric becomes the background that shows through where these diamonds then appear. That's correct. Right. Now, um, you were wonderful to send me uh, a, a ruler to try out because I was very excited about all this. And, and I have gone through the process. I don't, I have to confess, I don't have my table runner finished yet. <laughs> I got, Uh-oh. I got a little sidetracked, but I did do the double diamond part and I've got the strips ready. I probably only have like another hour worth of work to do. Um, and it is a really, really cool thing. I, it, it, like you said, it's fun to see how the colors appear. Um, and it is dimensional. Yes, it is. Now, the one thing I do want to point out, you have very helpful videos on your website um, on how to hold the ruler, which I didn't watch until after <laughs> I had used it. And I should have watched it first because it w- probably would have been a lot safer 
than the way I was going about it. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about the resources that you do have available on your website? Well, sure. And, of course, on every package there are written instructions, but a lot of people would rather uh, not read them. They would like to see them. So mm-hmm. we made a video, and actually that was the hardest part of this <laughs> of this whole uh, ride for me. Actually, it's really difficult to talk into a camera. Well, you probably know the same thing. You're just <laughs> talking and no one's uh, <laughs> replying whatsoever. Right. So we have the video, which you can on the internet of course and we have a lot of uh, how to's um, how to make the double diamond how to put them on borders and we have uh, an idea gallery a lot of people have made things and they've sent photographs in and I'm going to have patterns for all those things but of course you know a lot of us are crafty and we see a picture and we're able to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. um, and then frequently asked questions people want to know about since there are raw edges exposed and what you do about those and, and, you know, what rotary cutter they should use and those things. So, of course, on every website there's frequently asked questions. There are free patterns, which I just love uh, the double diamond bookmark pattern. And mm-hmm. I just warn you now, if you download that free pattern, it, it is addictive. <laughs> and I, I have a girlfriend who's made hundreds of them, actually. <laughs> And sold them for her missionary trip. So, mm. And there are some other um, free downloadable patterns. And then, of course, there are patterns for sale. And, and these are wall hangings and runners. And I have a vest pattern that uses the double diamonds. And matter of fact, I'm just finishing up a new one, um, how to embellish store-bought jackets and sweatshirts with double diamonds. Oh. People have been asking me how to do that. So that'll, that'll be printing here very soon. Cool. You also have a pattern for a guitar strap, which I just thought was the the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I love that well, one. Well, I uh, thank you. Well, <laughs> I have uh, kids who are musicians, and I've I've played guitar for forty years myself, and so this particular guitar wall hanging, uh, I've made it and I've appliqued on this Fender Strat guitar. I've appliqued it in glow in the dark and neon threads, mm. and it looks so cool under a black light or after you turn the lights off in the, you know, in your teenager's bedroom, whatever. And um, along with that pattern, there's a guitar strap pattern, and you put the double diamonds right on it. And again, you could use the glow in the dark fabrics if, or threads if you wanted to, but it looks so cool. Mm. So, where do you see yourself going next with this whole do- double diamond thing? You said you've got a pattern coming out soon. What else yes, do you I have in the works? To, I continue to develop patterns. I have a lot of people have requested if I could do circles instead of you know the you know the diamond shapes. Hmm. And you know, um, I've tried that, and I can I can get the CAD drawing and everything the way I want it. However, you know, it's really difficult to. Uh, use a rotary cutter around the curved edge, and it just doesn't work well at all. And the math and the geometry just doesn't work out for us. So unfortunately, um, we're not going to make any other shapes, at least not at this time. Hmm. That's interesting. Right. Well, so what I'm doing now is that, you know, besides developing the patterns, is I'm uh, going to a few shows. I don't do much retail myself. We have retail uh, on the internet site. Uh, but I do do some local shows, and next month I am so lucky to be able to vend at the International Quilt Show in Cincinnati. Wow. So you hear that, listeners? Any of you going to that, you got to go find her booth and check out these double diamond rulers. That'll be fun. 
it should be fun because that is a very big show. Um, it's comparable to Houston. It's from the same company, mm-hmm. Quilts Incorporated, and um, it's in a, it's in a new venue this year. It's has been in Chicago for a long time, but now it's in Cincinnati, and that's in driving distance from where I live. So that'll be wonderful. That is nice. You know, I'm I'm hoping to get to Cincinnati, if not next year, maybe the year after. But since I just went to Houston this year, that was sort of my budget <laughs> for quilt shows for the year. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, so, do you have uh, any special things you want to offer to our listeners? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> well, first of all, I have sent you um, two packages of double diamond rulers, one mm-hmm. for you and your BFF, BQF to play with, <laughs> and then a second one plus um, several of the patterns that I have mentioned. And so, I don't know how you'll go about um, finding the winner, but those are going to be given away from uh, through your blog and your podcast. Is that correct? Absolutely. I've I've got a ruler, one of the the sets of the two rulers actually, the um, one set, two rulers, and uh, a lot of the patterns. Now, the one thing I haven't decided, which I will by the time I post this, is if I'm going to just do it all at once, or if I'm going to divide up and maybe have multiple winners, and some people will get patterns because you sent me a lot. <laughs> So it's a it's a bounty. <laughs> well, then for the folks who don't win, they can go to my website, and that's brightquiltingnotions.com. And if you want to order any of those things, I'm offering a 20% discount on all your Internet orders. Oh. And all you have to do is enter the word Sandy <laughs> during checkout. Now, that's Sandy with a Y, correct? That's Sandy with a Y, and it Sandy doesn't with matter if it's uppercase or lowercase. It doesn't matter. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. Yeah, and that would be good through September 1st. That's a new one for me. I've never had my name used as a coupon code. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. saying this now. And that's uh, through September 1st. I will make sure I put all that information on, my, um, on the show notes for this episode as well. So that's wonderful. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, um, is there anything else you want to say specific about the uh, double diamond ruler before we move on? I just wanted to mention, because I don't think that we told them, that one package does have two different ruler sizes. A 1.5 makes one and a half inch wide diamonds, and the 3.5 makes the wider three and a half inch wide diamonds. And of course, a column of diamonds can be as long or as short as you want it to be, but the package has both sizes. And I do want to uh, emphasize, it's it, for as hard as it is for us to describe <laughs> what it actually is, it's really easy to do. It's a very simple process, and it's a lot of fun to have something so easy turn out looking so complicated. You know, that's the, yes, the thing I always like. So, yes, and I just it's just wonderful when I'm uh, showing it at these quilt shows, and people just go, oh, like, oh, that's magic <laughs> uh, when you finally turn down the diamonds uh, after you've cut them. So. It, it really is a neat effect. It is fun. So obviously you are a quilt maker first before you were a diamond uh, ruler inventor. So tell us a little bit about how long have you been in quilting? What got you started? Well, I started 10 or 11 years ago. And like um, thousands of people, I started watching Simply Quilts with <laughs> Alex Anderson. And uh, I decided that I knew my way around a sewing machine. So I would like to start quilting. And in... Uh, my city, Meadville, Pennsylvania, uh, there was one quilt store, and, and I went in there, and I bought a 
an Eleanor Burns quilt pattern, and it was the Radiant Star. And it, that's also known as like the Lone Star or the mm-hmm. Star of Bethlehem. So if you know it, it's, you know, it's got a lot of a lot of diamonds in it, and I didn't realize it was going to be difficult. <laughs> and so but it I, began. <laughs> so again, it's the hardest one. And so, you know, I t- on the back, it tells you what fabrics you need. So I'm looking around the store, and, and the owner came, and she said, you know, she started pulling out different fabrics for me to look at. And she said, um, here, you want this fat quarter? And I said, well, what's a fat quarter? And she says, oh, is this your first quilt? <laughs> she said, it, it, she gave me grief. She said, you know, uh, if this is your first quilt, you really shouldn't be doing this particular pattern. Well, I, I thought to myself, well, I think that I'm physically and ment- mentally and emotionally <laughs> capable of doing this. And I was a little offended. <laughs> so... I walked out the door and under my breath said, well, not only am I going to make this quilt, I'm going to make it in a day, because after all, it was <laughs> no, no, quilt in a day. <laughs> quilt in a day, yeah. <laughs> but I made it and it turned out fine, even if it had all those set in Y seams and <laughs> diamonds with bias edges, but I... I uh, ended up making it, and I haven't looked back since. Okay, but that begs the question, did you actually make it in a day? Uh, (laughs) No, but my girlfriends (laughs) always say that, you know, if I start on something by, you know, the next week when they see me, it will already be uh, pieced and quilted and hung somewhere (laughs) in my house. (laughs) Which is impressive with the number of kids you have. Yeah, well, luckily it's empty nest right now, which, by the way, is totally underrated. We're loving it. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm pretty close to that point, and I am, I mean, I miss my children, but I'm looking oh. forward to. <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm right there with you, actually. <laughs> so what is the the favorite thing or the best thing you've ever done as a quilt maker? Well, the best thing I think that I've ever made since I started quilting uh, is friends. I've made so many uh, friends that I would never have even met without quilting. Hmm. I belong to a uh, Free Spirit Quilt Guild. Actually, I'm the president of it right hmm. now. And I've met the most wonderful ladies, like 50 or 60 of these people I would never even have known without quilting. Hmm. And I can't go as far as to say I've never met a quilter I didn't like, but, you know, <laughs> 99% of them are wonderful gals. <laughs> And then I, I teach quilting here in my home every week to my mom and aunts and, and different friends, so that's a wonderful thing, and we've become much closer. Hmm. And then some of my other friends, we, we gals, we four gals, we go avanting, gallivanting once a month. <laughs> we, uh, we go on field trips like to quilt and fiber-related uh, shows and exhibits, and then my very favorite thing, and I told you in an email that I couldn't speak to you last Monday because Mondays are sac- sacrosanct. How do you say that? Sacrosanct. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that too. Yeah, so Monday nights, you will always find me at my girlfriend's house because we, there are eight of us ladies, and we have been gathering for about 10 years. And we sit around and uh, do handwork and applique, and we share a delicious vegetarian meal and incredible desserts, which aren't usually as healthy as a vegetarian <laughs> meal, but it is a wonderful support group. And these quilting friends, I think everyone should be so lucky to, to have friends like that. And I think that even though like quilt fabric is getting really expensive, it's still a lot cheaper than a therapist. And <laughs> so if you can 
So if you can quilt with your friends, uh, I think you can write that off and let your husband know you're actually saving him money in the long run. So, yeah, quilting friends are wonderful. Hmm. That is wonderful. I know when my mom um, passed away, one of the things I was most struck by was some of the people I was on the phone with the most were her group of quilting friends. You know, that they were the ones that had been with her 35, some 40 years, and it was such a strong support network, you know, brought together initially by quilt making. Who'd have thunk it? It, re- it reminds me of the old quilting bees when mm-hmm. the ladies would sit around the quilting frame. And so much more got said and done than just um, the quilting. Hmm. <laughs> well, I am certainly thrilled myself that quilt making has allowed me to meet you through email. And someday I hope to actually meet in person. <laughs> we're, we're working That's on that wonderful. one. <laughs> we are. Uh, you live up near RIT in Rochester, and they're having a wonderful show coming up this spring. So maybe we can get together with some other listeners and have lunch together. That would be wonderful. This is actually the first year I will have been able to go to that. They do it every two years. It's the Genesee Valley Quilt Show, and they do it every two years, and usually I'm out of town. <laughs> so I am yes. thrilled that I'm actually in town this year, and I'm really I looking forward wonderful. to it. So, Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. And I think you sent me your snow. <laughs> that, um, Kim was sharing with me that she's currently snowed in today. And uh, it started snowing here. And I've already got probably about an inch and a half just during our conversation. So, um, Yes. Well, I can't complain because uh, this is the day we're recording that there's tsunamis and earthquakes right. in other parts of the world. So uh, I can live with the snow. Yeah, we can. We can certainly live with this. So. Uh, thank you so much for talking with me, Kim. And again, I will post uh, the information about the 20% discount and the uh, giveaway. Will uh, I'll be on the show notes, and I'll say a little bit more about the giveaway at the end of this episode as well. So thank you so much, Kim. I look forward to it, and I promise you I will send you a picture when I finish my table runner. <laughs> <laughs> you promise? Good, I'll hold you to it. All right. Thanks for having, thanks for having me, Sandy. It's been great. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much again, Kim, for letting me talk to you. I have had so much fun getting to know Kim through email, and I really do look forward to the possibility of meeting her in person in June. And anybody else going to the quilt show in Rochester in June, definitely let's all try to get together. Now, about that drawing. Kim sent me one set of double diamond rulers, and again, that's one set has two rulers, two different sizes, and a boatload of patterns to give away. And so I think what I'm going to do is divide it in two. One person will win the rulers and a few patterns, and the other person will win patterns. So, all you have to do is leave a comment on the show notes to this episode to win, and I will do the drawing itself on March 18th, so you've got one week. If you already own the ruler and you just want your name entered in the drawing for the patterns, uh, let me know that in your comment, and I'll try to figure out some way to work this out. Otherwise, I'll just put everybody's name in the pot for either one, and we'll just see how it lands. And do remember that Kim is also very generously offering a 20% discount to listeners of this podcast, of the Quilting for the Rest of Us podcast. All you have to do when you order from her website is use the word Sandy in the uh, coupon code or promotion code, Sandy with a Y, and that will earn you your 20% off. And I will put a link to her website in the show notes to this episode. Um, So you'll want to check there. You can link to it directly from the, the website. So again, thank you, Kim. I had fun talking with you. Now, um, Sandy, update. couple of uh, announcements. You know what? My one-year podcasting anniversary is coming up. I posted my first episode ever on March 28th, 2010. 
So after this double diamond drawing is over, I'm going to be announcing another drawing to celebrate one year of podcasting. So keep listening. I I can't believe I made it that long. So uh, I'm glad that you've been along with me on the ride. If you're just picking up on this, that means you've got a bunch of episodes you can catch up on. Um, But for those of you who have been with me from about the very beginning, I especially appreciate your stick-to-itiveness and your perseverance. Thank you so much and happy anniversary to Quilting for the Rest of Us. I also want to send thanks out to Corinne or Corinne, I'm not entirely sure how you would pronounce your name. Uh, She sent me a wonderful gift of fabric from Canada. And the fabric is um, a print called Flowers from Canada. And in her note to it, she she sent me some in case I didn't find a fabric store in Canada, which I didn't. So thank you so much, Corinne. And I've already got it earmarked for a table runner for our family cottage. When I was growing up, um, my family had a cottage that we retired to every summer. Uh, cottage is probably a oh that makes it sound a lot nicer than it really is it was very very rustic but it had lakefront and a great part of um, the lake lake ontario has a lot of different personalities depending on where the lake um, where on the lake you are and the part that we were on was um, actually very flat rock on the bottom um, for a pretty good distance out so it was great swimming up there great boating we couldn't put a big boat in there, but we did a lot of rowboats, a lot of canoes, a lot of rubber rafts, tipping each other over, all that kind of good stuff. And so um, we do still have the cottage in the family. Um, I don't get up there nearly as much as I would like to. My daughter is sort of our family representative to the cottage. She got up there a lot more than we did. Um, and it still just has great memories. And as soon as I saw this fabric from Corinne, I immediately thought of the Canada, uh, partly because the cottage is very close to the Canadian border. And so frequently over the summer, we would um, take little trips up into Canada uh, for you know a weekend or for a week vacation. So it's a lot of associations with Canada there. So thank you so much, Corinne. Um, now, since I did skip a week of podcasting, I got a whole lot of comments, so I'm not really going to be able to respond to each of you individually in order to keep this within a reasonable time frame, and I really apologize for that. But I do want to say thank you to all of you, to Joyce and Marumo and Anne-Marie, Susan, Lynn, Di, Kate, Quilter in the Gap, Lori, Michelle, Gretchen, Kat, sorry, Gretchen, 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 Cat King, Maureen, The Sewing Geek, Janet, Chris, Mary Sarah, Jane, aka Mom, Franklin, Christy, Colleen, Kathleen, and Erin. They all left great comments, so be sure you visit the website to read them and leave your own comments. Now, that being said, I did get a couple more entries in the You Know You're a Quilter When category that I do want to share with you. Jane said, I also fall into this category. You won't believe what I just paid to have UPS ship my travel machine to Texas as I prepare to spend 10 days there with my sister. I just can't do without a little sewing every day. Of course, she has some shams and duvet covers she needs done, too. I know I am a quilter. Um, thank you, Jane. Yeah, when, when you know, we have our financial priorities. <laughs> so, uh, and Chris said, you know you're a quilter when you take your quilting setup to your son's house while you stay there for a week. I love playing with my granddaughter and then love quilting while she takes a nap. So I'm detecting a theme to the you know you're a quilter when category these days. It's a lot of traveling sewing machines. Uh, so congratulations to all of you and um, for your trips and your visits. And I hope you do get a lot of good sewing time in while you're there. 
Now I've got a new podcast alert. I almost feel like I should add a segment, you know, a regular ongoing segment to this uh, this podcast announcing new podcasts that have been started. There's a couple new ones I want to let you know about. Tanisha has started one named Crafty Garden Mom, um, and Victoria has begun one named Peace Brook Quilting. Now, unfortunately, because I was knocked out of the loop for a week, I really wasn't able to concentrate on anything. So basically, all I did while I was sick was watch a couple of seasons worth of Monk reruns on Netflix, I think. Um, So I haven't been able to listen to either of those new podcasts yet, but I certainly will be. And in fact, next week, I've got an 11-hour round-trip drive for um, a business trip, and that's always fantastic podcast catch-up time. So uh, Tanisha and Victoria, I will be listening to your podcast next week. I'm really looking forward to it. And I do think I've already mentioned these other two um, relatively new podcasts before, but just in case I didn't, I want to make sure I do. There is the History Quilter with Susan and Katie's Quilting Corner with Katie, and you can get all of those at iTunes. And if you're in the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup, you will also see notices about them there. So again, that's Crafty Garden Mom, Peace Brook Quilting, History Quilter, and Katie's Quilting Corner. Um, I've also picked up, I don't, these aren't quite as new. Um, I've been watching some video podcasts or AKA vidcasts from the overall quilter. And I just wanted to highlight those because those are some great instructional videos. They're, um, you know, 15 minutes or less. Many of them are, you know, five minutes or so on various uh, quilting techniques and such. And those were really cool. I watched one of them on squaring up my quilt as I'm getting ready to square up my mother-in-law's quilt. So those are something I definitely want to recommend as well. And again, that's Overall Quilter, also available through iTunes. Now, if you're um, wanting to spend some non-sewing time thinking or acting in a quilty way, I guess, uh, there's some websites I want to cue you into. You've heard other quilty podcasters talked about Seamed Up, and I have been neglectful, I'm sorry, um, just because I've had a lot of other things going on. But I also want to mention it, Seamed Up, S-E-A-M-E-D-U-P, and it's just at um, www.seamedup.com. And um, I was actually one of uh, the early testers of the site. And unfortunately, because life just got away from me and I ended up being insanely busy, much more than I expected and doing a lot more travel than I expected, I kind of fell off my um, my tasks. And I apologize to the uh, people who are behind Seamed Up for that. But I have spent some time on it. It's a really cool website. So definitely go visit it. Um, it's got places where you can uh, store information about your ongoing projects. It's got a fabric stash. It's got a pattern thing you can look through. And of course, it's got a discussion forum. So it's definitely worth taking your time to go visit. And again, that's www.seamedup.com. Another website that I've very recently got turned on to by one of my listeners is Pinterest. And that's spelled interest, the word interest starting with a P, Pinterest. Um, Again, www.pinterest.com. And that site is still, it says it's still in beta phase. And all that means is you have to actually, um, when you go to the site and set up an account, you actually, you're requesting an invitation and then they'll send you an invitation to join Pinterest. And for me, I think that whole process took almost a week. Um, it, it was at least a few days between the time I sent in the um, the request for an invitation and I got the invitation. So be patient. It will happen. Um, Pinterest is basically... Um, an online bulletin board system. So when you set up your account, you can set up boards um, on any topics that you choose. And then what you do is you pin things to your board. So for example, I've got a board for fabric um, 
and I've got one for quilt inspiration, and I've got one for books and a couple of others. And so when I'm on the web, you can install this little pin um, button into your uh, website, your uh, internet browser bar. And when you're on a site, like if I'm on Hancock's, Hancock's of Paducah website and I see a fabric I want to pin to my board, I just click on that button and it lets me shoot it to whatever board I want and you can write comments and everything about it. And it's a social networking site, so you follow other people and they follow you and you can repin each other's stuff and you can comment on each other's stuff and you can like each other's stuff. And so in that respect, it's kind of a way to share ideas with each other um, and swap, you know, hey, here's this great fabric I love and then somebody else can go because when it, when it pins to your board, the link from where you got it automatically stays with it so other people can follow through with it. Um, the other thing I was thinking would actually be really useful for is I read a lot of quilt blogs and I'm frequently on various, you know, quilt related websites and such. And I'm frequently seeing pictures of quilts that I find inspirational in some way or another, the pattern, the layout, the border treatment, the colors, whatever. And it's hard to know how to keep track of that stuff when you're just surfing the web. And now Pinterest allows you to do that. So if you see something that you want to remember, you just pin it to your board. And then later you've got, you know, all of your inspiration in one place. So that's a really cool place. And um, I would recommend that you check it out. And again, it takes a little bit for you to get your account um, recognized or set up. But once you do, it's it's very easy to use and a lot of fun. So I would recommend that one. And then the third site I want to uh, turn you on to is called Stitch Talk. And that one is basically, it's Facebook for sewers and any kind of sewers. It's not just quilters, although there are a boatload of us on it. Um, but you will notice if you go to it that it's really set up a lot like uh, Facebook. So you, you can do status updates and such, and then there's groups you can join and you can send messages to each other and that kind of thing. And, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been a part of three or four groups on there. Some are more active than others, but that's another great place to meet other people that are doing the same kinds of things you are and share ideas and support and, and just, you know, talk about that thing we love to do, which would be quilt making. So those are my three, and sorry, that's stitchtalk.com. So again, three more recommendations, seamedup.com, pinterest.com, and stitchtalk.com. And um, I will also put links to those as well as to the podcast in my show notes to this episode. So that's it for this week. Um, again, to remind you of all the variety of contact information, you can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. That's Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can also follow me on Twitter, Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. I do have a blog um, about my quilty life and, you know, other stuff. Uh, and a Flickr, there's a Flickr group for quilting for the rest of us. And there's a Facebook page for quilting for the rest of us. And of course, the free monthly newsletter that you can sign up for. And you can join the Quiltcast supergroup at Big Tent and then join the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup from there. And you will find links for all of that on uh, the one site, www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. So again, remember the drawing for the double diamond ruler and patterns. Make sure you leave show notes for this episode um, by next Friday. That's March 18th. I'm not giving you a lot of time for this one, and I want to see a huge turnout for it. So run, don't walk. Move those fingers quickly to go to the website at quiltingfortherestofus.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. I don't care what the comment is. Just leave one, and your name will be automatically entered into the drawing. And then after that, get ready for the one-year anniversary of Quilting for the Rest of Us podcast. So until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 